นโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมมุตัสสะนโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมมุตัสสะนโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมมุตัสสะพุทธังดัมมังสังกังนมสังซึ่ง develop development develop wisdom and uh, they were the the mundane obvious immediate uh, consequences of wisdom It just makes life more manageable more comfortable easier more fun. Is good. His mind then is is not so stressed, uh, and a deeper penetrating wisdom. We begin to sense how, through some reflex, we generate stress, and deepen to the point, clear to the point where you can get hold of that that reflex and. You know, and then let it abate, let it let it know itself, let it know itself. Let the reflex of grasping, clinging, aversion, greed, let it know itself, let it feel itself. Its desperation, sense of oh. Like this, you know. So we widen into the field, widen into the field of awareness. So we experience the you know, stressing, pressure, agitation, wanting to understand, wanting to get it clear, trying to be strong, brave, or whatever you feel that. We widen, hold, we stay aware of that. Stay aware of that, and you, without losing it, stay aware of it, and just widen into awareness. So this, it's not dropping it. You know, let awareness let it go. It's not up to you to let go of things. You know, it's up to awareness now to let it go. Yeah. So we can let. So this way, we let ourselves be ourselves, but we want open. Holding that carefully, yeah. staying with that, and while keeping in mind, however it manifests, widening your your tension into wider background awareness, and stay there. It's like this. Yeah. Stay with that. At the same time, feeling the feeling. That's feeling. All dhammas converge on feeling. All dhammas take feeling as their lift-off point, their source of their urge, their source of their push, the source of their trembling, based upon 
feeling. So we must know the feeling, sense the feeling, and then the resistances sense that, and whatever comes up with that, widely. So you go through the whole field of the person, the the feeling, the perception, the sankara. This is the activation, the agitation, the tensing up, the struggling. Aware of that. Aware of that which says this is me, I shouldn't know. Aware of that. And you widen through these layers of experience that kind of wrap around each other. It's like this. Then you come to the place where there just isn't anymore. Not you try not to have it anymore, it just isn't anymore. It's, it isn't anymore. So there, some of the mind, okay, the mind sort of stops there. And fading is still in the sankara, which has been known. Feeling arises, moves through, it's like that. Painful feelings, painful feeling, pleasant feelings, pleasant feeling. But the sankara, the activations, the denial, the defense, the fascination, the plotting it, planning it, trying to work it out, that begins to cease. And without something our person, personality, our personhood, also relaxes. So the person is these formations of feeling, perceptions, and these sankars all bound together. And we've learned how to be a person. And persons generally uh, learn how to be a person that feels okay with other people. Other people don't blame him. Other people think she's okay. So that's what the person is about, being so get on, you're okay. Yeah. You look calm or cool or happy or whatever is expected, you're polite, you know. You know? So these turbulences are not exposed. But if you go a little bit beneath the skin, there's plenty of turbulence in there. And uh, it's somewhat socially not acceptable, not you it. <laughs> and there it is. That line says it's personally unacceptable. <laughs> but there it is. <laughs> yeah. And so in this cultivation of general goodwill, okay, <laughs> acceptance, Calming, steady, recollecting the good, it's just enough so that we have some way of, of uh, not getting too upset at our stuff, clinging. It's like this. You know, that's not the whole story, but it's like this. And just the result of cultivating, the result of steady, you know, skillfully doing good, noticing it, 
and then you begin to build up this uh, this uh, body, Dhamma body, body of Dhamma, and it has real. This is the punya, the punya, the practice. Definitely real thing, not just the idea, real thing. And you get something can stand there while you're going crazy. Go, mm, this is what going crazy is like. Not really like it, or want to continue with it, but it's like this. And, mm. and it says its say, it says its thing, it goes through its little turbulence, and eventually it's had enough. This is egotistically not particularly gratifying experience, but that's how it is. And over time, yeah, those those turbulences perhaps arise less because their roots have been seen and held graciously and understood, and they don't go very far anymore. It's just that perhaps what remains is that feeling, 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 feeling. Don't like. Yes, of course. Nobody likes it. Feeling, feeling, feeling. I don't mind. I don't want it. I don't know. That's fine. Of course, you don't want it. Nobody wants the unpleasant feeling. Can you feel the resistance to it? How to deal with it? What's going wrong? My practice. Perhaps I could do this. I don't want to seem weak. I don't want to just give in to, to you know, sitting in pain. I don't want to give in. Be weak, useless, pathetic feeble, not manly, not courageous enough, second-rate practitioner. There's kind of sankharas, there's feeling, feel, and then you feel there's kind of stuff going on, and there's a limit to it, it goes on and it widens, and there's the place where it isn't. Not because you got rid of it or not had it because there is actually is a place where it isn't <laughs> and in our uh, calming and steady we may have you know found a place where in awareness where these things just aren't there it's not that you've done something with them rather than just patiently extend your awareness felt the feeling experience the agitation and all the strategies, and yeah, it goes on and extends, and there's the place where it isn't. Oh. So this is the place where realization occurs. What's all the fuss about? Pleasant feeling is nice, so what? Painful feeling, don't like it. Well, of course, that's what it's about. And there's that. And there's all the various complications of trying not to dislike things, putting up with things, not getting angry or upset, not being frustrated, disappointed, 
trying to be more accepting and gracious. But you know, accept the whole thing, including all the welcome the whole thing, the whole bit, the feeling, the perceptions, the sankara. Just widening to all of that. Accept the feeling of not accepting things. The sankara of not accepting things is like that. Now, widen, extend. Here's a place where it isn't. And there is this place. And the Buddha said, this is a place you can't go beyond. There's a place you can't go beyond this, because there isn't. Yeah? And this I call Nibbana. You know, Kema. Because it can't, it can't, you can't go beyond it, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And it's the what it takes to just, you know, feel all the energies, feel the activations, and uh-huh, name, know, sense, the movement, and the discernment. So wisdom is also the discernment to sense something in its actuality. The energy, the energy of resistance or you know, defensiveness or craving or aversion or whatever, there's the energy of it that travels this far. Stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. And there's a place where it isn't. Somewhere. That's a, that's a big thing. So, you know, look at something like, you know, pleasant feeling. We experience pleasant feeling, we like pleasant feeling, or something likes pleasant feeling. Pleasant feeling, there's a sense of uh, maybe pleasant bodily feeling, the body relaxes, feels comfortable. Mental feeling, pleasant mental feeling, the mind feels the energy goes bright and uplifted, perhaps as a mental feeling. And then, and you notice that uh, sensory, sensory is I get this, the, the feeling that pleasant feeling that comes from sense contact doesn't go very far. It goes away and then it comes in and there's that. The pleasant feeling comes from uh, mental pleasure, such as uh, you know, conversations you enjoy, or you know, ideas, inspiring ideas, go so far, and, you know, as far as it goes. Not that there's anything wrong with it, it's just it's limited. That's the nature of it. That's the nature of it. So, uh, just the ability to not to widen, not just get hypnotized by these things and strategizing. A few years ago, I was, uh, I was taken to Kyoto in Japan. Kyoto is very, um, very has a lot of beautiful things in it. 
all the beautiful temples and beautiful gardens and beautiful craftsmanship. Go to a went to the Imperial Gardens, which only a few only had to book six months in advance. It's so special. You go into the Imperial Gardens and the the emperors who just like to sit around playing on lutes and riding haiku, you know, they're pretty cool. Um, and they let the the, the the you know the military government do what they did. The emperors kind of you know looked out of uh, their social screens or something, admiring the moon and then write a haiku about it, which is a pretty cool thing to do compared with what most emperors do. And then it's such beautiful places because they're so such a sense of balance, of space, simplicity, but everything done really, really well, beautiful. See, they understood the grain of wood, how wood is, and they fashioned something so it harmonized with the grain in the wood, or the way the wood would color over age, they really knew the material. So it was all beautiful. When they laid out in the gardens, they laid them out so that different places you get different views, you know when the sun would come up, obviously a lot of skill. And some of these places in this city were like this, just exquisite. And you go from one exquisite place and you kind of eyes bold, your jaw drop, and wow, wow, that's amazing. You go to the next exquisite place, your eyes bold, your jaw drops, wow, that's amazing. You go to another place, wow, amazing. And after all you think, it doesn't go any further than this. And eventually you want to look at something dirty to some freshen up a bit. <laughs> and you could look at something ugly. You couldn't find anything ugly. Eventually I found some, some kind of shopping arcade, which wasn't very ugly. <laughs> it just wasn't that beautiful. Even buses weren't that ugly. So the buses were kind of nice and clean and tidy and well painted, arrived on time. Yeah. The streets, there were no little in the streets. The trains, you know, the train turns up 30 seconds late as a public apology. <laughs> trains are all clean, efficient, fast, well swept. So you find something dirty to get, you know, freshened up with. Because voice well, is just my mind is stuck in this state of boggle. <laughs> Can't get any more. <laughs> Yeah, of the refined pleasure. It's not that it wasn't pleasant, it's just there's an end to it. <laughs> and you had to take a break. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the Singapore couple a few years back, and it's so Singapore is so well kept, everything is very clean and tidy and neat, and there's no, no trash anywhere. You go to English cities, it was you know, bits of trash floating in the streets and litter, graffiti. No, in Singapore it's all completely tidy. And so you look in the street, look in the gutters, not a cigarette end. Oh, you walk around the street, everything is kind of, wow, amazing and tidy. And then I think one day we were taken to see a, a, a like a hydro-draining hydroelectric river project where they're tight, you know, cleaning up a river which had been full of trash and they cleaned it up and widened it and they built some hydro in and walk around so there's a little bit ah so empty coffee carton <laughs> on the street ah what a relief <laughs> <laughs> something that's entirely 
Because <laughs> the tininess is starting to occur. <laughs> you know, you get so, I mean, mind gets so boggled, uh, and then you feel relieved to see something untidy. Because <laughs> it doesn't go any further than that. <laughs> These are things one notices. It's not, it's not, it's, un, it's not, it's unpleasant at all. It's just that there's an end. And there's this, uh, an unpleasant feeling, resisting it, not liking it, trying to be braver, and then realize I just don't like unpleasant feeling. You know, it shouldn't happen to me, it's wrong, bad, angry, upset, fidgety, restless, and then, yeah, and then you just widen to include that. You know, then it's my fault, it's bad karma, it's oh, my body must be sick, cancer, you know, where muscles wearing all the way your mind can proliferate, and maybe, maybe so, but here it is. And then you get to just accepting all the mental struggle and strategies and trying to avoid it. And, why am I in mind? It's like this. It's okay. Don't seek it out. But there's a place where it, where it ends. Through not through not having it, not even through overcoming it. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of work to overcome pain. It takes even more skill to not overcome it. <laughs> Just to be there with it and widen, so you're not fussing, fidgeting around with it. And so in your body, you feel painful. My body is pain. It's not agony, but it's painful. Quite a lot of times, something's painful. Bodies are like this, you know. I do what look after it. It's still like this, and then widening to the space bodies like this it's not just a philosophical statement it's actually uh, something that that you can experience in awareness the ending through travelling through the process of feeling what feeling stimulates the perceptions of oneself you know one's trying this and trying that, moving through that, witnessing, compassionately witnessing this system, searching for for comfort, certainty, well-being, happiness. And there's the end. Through patiently, you know, Travelling or letting it travel through. This certainly, you know, makes life more manageable, balanced. When you begin to recognise also that uh, you know, the Buddha recommended agreeable feeling. The Buddha was a human being, pragmatist. He said, "Well, you know, better feelings if you." You find through uh, things like giving, sharing, goodwill, 
Definitely, you get much better feeling with that than you do through eating, drinking, getting what you want. You get some pleasant feeling from that, sure. But it's not as good, it doesn't go as far, it doesn't last as long. Feeling that comes from doing good is a, is a stronger feeling, longer feeling. And not only that, but it also enables you to travel through it. Whereas, whereas feeling that comes with greed, you know, as you, you, you begin to experience this rather unsavory tension around it. So you don't, you don't want to feel that. So you have another one to get over that. You know, because of the, the addiction. And the grasping itself is uncomfortable. So you notice that more with the sensory, core sensory impressions. There's a kind of fever that isn't so agreeable. But if you contemplate kindness, goodwill, generosity, self-respect, honesty, patience, and so forth, then you've got a kind of steady, dignified, something that stands and it's very enjoyable to stand in that, to be in that pleasant feeling. So this is good. It's not only good, but it's also skillful because it enables your mind to widen and stay present without remorse or regret or fluster. The pleasant feeling that goes along with collectiveness, samadhi, unification. So this is this is probably as good as you're going to get in terms of feeling. Because you can go a long time, very long time, hours. If that lasts, hours. Just steadily reposed, collected, not having to struggle. Definitely best kind of feeling. And there's a limit to it. There's an end to that. Wisdom is just a wider field, wider domain than feeling. If this wasn't the case, there would be no release from feeling. It's not that you have to make it that way, it just is that way. There's a wider range. Wisdom is wider, broader, more basic, more fundamental. You can't go beyond that. Where feeling just doesn't go that far. And we need to know not whether feeling is based upon skillful or unskillful, and then even skillful feeling, or feeling that comes from skillful actions, there's an end to that, there's a limit to it. So I know it's things I you know I enjoy. Um, experience of generosity I like to give what I can uh, gives me happiness to offer, to give, to share to, I like caring for people I enjoy that um, it's agreeable and hopefully some skill but it's still you know, you still get to Something like you get in retreat and you think, well, yeah, but how far did that go? <laughs> yeah. I, this is as much energy as I have. This is as much understanding as I have. This is all I can do. You know, 
how much can one do? There's that sense of wish I could do a bit more. Make it take away the pain, take away the struggle, clean the karma. It's a limit. Can't do any more than that. And that's so the and then just recognizing, you know, particularly uh, uh, um, the feeling of happiness, of service, of goodwill goes this far, and then there's a sense in which you feel you can't do anymore. That's it. And rather than, you know, try, try to keep getting more and more and more, then that's it. Mm-hmm. That's as far as it goes. And so this, uh, you know, even these skillful things, or can to be aware of their limitations. I notice sort of generally, well, it can be the case that certainly my my efforts to do good and help aren't always appropriate. People feel you know, intruded upon or pushed along or, you know, not enough space. So one just learns to curb that urge. Just say, if you're invited, you can offer, that's all. Not invited. You know? And then you get the things where you, you know, Certainly, family, and people one would really like to be able to help, family not interested. You have all these kind of things you've learned, practice with. Some people will travel a thousand miles to listen to it. Your own family, not interested. And people you'd really like to help. Uh, okay, that's the limit. Not up to me. That's the who can come, who's interested, how far it goes, it's not, it's, I'd like it to be up to me, <laughs> or maybe I think I would, but it isn't. <laughs> and just, uh, so the, the happy feeling, that's as far as it goes. And then you can sense wanting more, struggling, trying to make it more perfect, more comfortable, before you really delighted and pleased and happy come. No, that's pushing. This is as far as it goes. And, uh, you know, and then aware. And also not giving the, un- the, you know, the subliminal message that you have to be happy or understand. No, you can be miserable if you like. I give you permission to not understand a single word I'm talking about and be miserable. <laughs> that's the way it is for you. That's, you know, I, you know, experience some regret, but I get over it. <laughs> so that, you know, it's not up to me to say who you should like or not like. But you should, I encourage you to know just that simple mechanism, like, dislike, and don't be frightened of it, don't be ashamed of it, don't, it's because it, that's something you have to know, you like, you dislike, to know it. And then it's like this, 
So there's any more activations around it. This weight comes to the place where it ends, it stops. You don't have to feel something you're not feeling. Or you know, know something you don't know. You don't have to. Let it come. So there's a certain relaxation of the will. So this is something, certainly we need to do some work with that because our will, our jita, our volition does get murky, confused, tangled with hindrances. So it's cleaning those out so that you you can still experience a sense of not liking but it doesn't tighten up into you know, aversion, or if it does tighten up into aversion, you know that's aversion, it's like this, okay, widen, like this, and reach it into the field of awareness, so it just allows that expression of aversion, ill will, however justified or unjustified, or stupid, or whatever it is, the expression of ill will arises, there it is, and, okay, and there's a, there's a limit to it, an end to it. Certainly we are cultivating, you know, behaviours that we don't, you know, actually act upon it, but there it is. So, aware of that. And the person trying not to feel it, or blaming somebody, or blaming themselves. There's that. There's widening. And that's where it isn't. Don't be in a hurry to get there. Because <laughs> we wisdom is first of all to know the feeling, the mind state, just as it is. Yeah. Just the way that a, a craftsman knows the grain of wood. It's just this. And you know how to place work with it's this. And following it through. Is the ending of it. There's a place where it isn't. So we begin to work through some of these um, experiences in our attitudes. You know, we get this attitude, don't cling. You shouldn't cling. You're clinging. And clinging is to be understood. The experience, known, understood, felt, an energy, picture it, sticky, tense, grasping, picturing. The Buddha was very good at creating images of things, so the clinging he likened to a, a way that a creeper clings around a tree, binds itself to a tree. Visualize it. This is me, this is the clinging experience. It's like this. And the idea you shouldn't cling. Who's clinging? There is clinging. It's like this. Yeah. And steadying on that. Widening. The energy track goes this far. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful thing, it's pleasant, pleasant things, we get frightened, we might cling to them. So you get the puritanical mindset. 
I certainly, when I, you know, first started monastic practice, I'd only done, you know, 15 minutes of meditation. I thought I'd go to a monastery because I just didn't have enough discipline. I realized I can't do this. I'm just too dissolute, (laughs) erratic to do this. I need to go somewhere where they get all the, they take things away from me. I've got to keep doing it because I just don't don't think I have enough. Uh, I wasn't that interested in other things either, but uh, just something that would really create framework. So you go to monastery and a little coochie, quite a nice coochie, you know, solid, rain, good roof. Um, But there's nothing much in it, it's just the floor, really, and a little rush. Rattan mat like this to lie down and pillow for your head. Okay, and they gave me because I was a kind of newcomer, a Westerner, they like to give you the best stuff. So they give you a little table, flat table, and they give you an electric ring with a kettle and you heat water on. So, and then someone gave me some tea. Oh, great, you know, a little something. So I'm hanging on to my tea and my sugar and my hot, my kettle my ring and so uh, he's got tough really tough I could make myself a cup of tea and drink my tea and hard work and <laughs> but then other people came some other people came and they said oh, no I get, got rid of all this stuff and got rid of the pillow so other people Westerners moved in they got this idea you shouldn't have any clean so get rid of the table Get rid of the electric rig, get rid of the kettle, get rid of the pillow. It's completely bare, stark. But that's better, no clinging to comfort. And I thought, no, I'm clinging. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, I'm going to cling a bit more. <laughs> This is about as much as I can take already, you know. <laughs> no sounds, no music, no parties, no sex, no romance, no friends, no talking. That's enough, that's already just about as much as I can handle. Give my tea. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I you know, you've got to know the limit, what you can manage. Uh, so anyway, but the other guys, they lasted a couple of weeks and they left. <laughs> I really found the monastery wasn't pure enough or something. <laughs> and it disrobed and so forth. But anyway, I stayed with it because I had a little bit of something to feel pleasure with. Yeah. So the idea you shouldn't have any pleasure is just clinging to an idea. And so this ditty that uh, the mind can get into. Yeah. Sounds nice, puritanical, totally pure, clean, spotless. But then, you know, just notice the, the ditty and how, how deep, how wise, how much you understanding your, your system, your body, your mind, your emotions, how much you really how much you're just suppressing it, or, side, or sidestepping it, or not acknowledging it, or not being wise about it, not managing it, but just basically 
pushes you to one side. You do that, you'll fight back. You'll come back. You know? So, so certainly you heard stories of some monks who are ultra strict and ultra pure. And then, you know, ten years later you can run away from some sixteen year old girl. It's like it's been cracked. They don't hold out, I guess. So the pleasantness of this tough, macho, you know, stronger, tougher, don't need anything attitude. This is an attitude. And they weren't really dealing with the desire for pleasure, comfort, warmth, friendliness, and so forth. They didn't really understand it. So they're just trying to push it away. Well, you know, how, how can you find you keep pushing things away before something snaps? Or you psychologically damage yourself. You know, I think people can, can psychologically damage themselves trying to be a good person. Yeah. So yeah, one of the monks who said, a friend of his, he, we had, the two women had, had some sons, and said, so, well, she, her son, he's a bit of a, he wasn't that good, a bit scruffy. You know, he got grade B's in what it is, education, he was not quite diligent enough. And the other one was absolutely perfect. Grade A's, neatly dressed, calm, cool, well mannered, good job. And he went like that, and then one day shot himself. And the other guy just kind of muddling along, you know, lived to be health happy, well balanced person. You know, the psychological damage of not handling our craving for pleasure, our comforts, our, you know, it is, and sort of managing it and then growing through it, realizing, you know, you're not that stupid. There is wisdom, <coughs> and you just say, really, you get to the point where, yeah, I like that, but, you know, it goes so far. That's it, isn't it? And there's something beyond that. That's the interesting thing to me. Interesting. There's something beyond. The beyond. The only how you travel there. You travel there through bearing with, understanding, contemplating, feeling the movement, feeling and the sankaras which wrap around it. Like this. And this. Something much wider, broader, more stable and steady than just having an attitude. Good, the happiness that comes from doing good, how that goes so far, which is very good. And there's a lot of merit in it, particularly if you can help and support others and bring around well being in the world. To some degree, all of us have our limitations and our capacities. And there's the limit of that. It's kind of sad at times. 
and frustrating at times, but there's a limit, there's an end to that too. We just come to equanimity. You know, something I can do, I can try, I might not succeed. And to, you know, to come to terms with that. In meditation, you know, you follow our practices, you can try, whatever. Sometimes it just doesn't succeed. Doesn't take you where you want it to be, you're aware of that. You're never crushed by it. See, it's not ready yet. Not ready yet. Hasn't completed yet. I'm not in charge of this process. Chitra is waking up. Can't wake it up any quicker. It's going to take time. Yes, it's a bit disappointing, but disappointing doesn't do you any good. Feel that. Get to the end of that. A little bit less weight. Carrying a little less weight. A little less self. A little less intensity around experience. Makes it more manageable. And this way we can keep going. I think as a, you know, certainly as a, as a teacher, and I, I voluntarily wish to offer that service because it's wholesome and it's a good thing to do with my time. And really, I feel what would I like? I just like people, say, come to within retreat just to want to do more. That's all. Just to feel that they have a way to continue, they want to continue. And then they're working out. Because it it does go that way. And there is an ending. And that's knowable by human beings. So there's wisdom about the path, about process, about the personality, about the management of the personality, about the management of behaviour, about the management of the mind, about discernment to the qualities of the mind, also knowing how, what fits you, what helps your package to be handled, what helps your, your personality pack to be carefully handled and opened up, and wisdom about that, that, you, that you, you know, one would, want, one would wish you to know that. So you're not trying to be kind of stereotyped, beautiful <coughs> marching step, but everybody's got their own little skills to deal with the, their experiences. So there's a lot of room for wisdom. Wisdom of practice, the wisdom of, of um, Understanding and the wisdom of realization. Therefore, this wisdom quality is to be acknowledged, realized, touched into, experienced, and thoroughly made use of as a blessing for our lives. <laughs>